Hello there, old and new friends. Welcome to Divine Musing, episode 45, A Harp Thou Hast Supplied. I am Destiny Rambo Corey, and I am so thankful that you have joined me for this journey into scripture, literature, poetry, and prayer as we view them through the light of transformation and growth. Here's something I've been thinking about lately. We begin with a lengthy and rich poem titled God's Good Gifts by Anna Shipton. I did not ask him for a harp, and yet a harp he gave. His praise was slumbering in my heart like whispers neath the wave. The storm hath rent the hidden rock, ere from its cave it tore. The pearl and weed the billows cast alike upon the shore. O wondrous forms of life that make a garden in the deep, and wondrous echoes mute erewhile in deep untroubled sleep, until the God of glory spake in voice of majesty, and o'er the many waters rolled anthems of melody. So thou hast tuned the silver strings that once thy tempest run, and bade responsive echoes wake in gladness to the song. And sinking souls have loved the theme, Lord, I can bless thy hand, which ruled the thunder that awoke the chords at thy command. Thus pain and perils teach the lore that hearts have learned alone, interpreting another's woe by learning from its own. I did not ask thee for a bark, off storm-tossed on the sea. I thank thee now, the billows brought, their Lord and mine to me. Thy presence shed a glory there, thou bad'st my terrors cease, and whispered to my fainting heart thy covenant of peace. Weary with care and sorrow, Lord, I pray that I might die. Thou didst not my petition grant, but soothed my bitter cry and manifesting all the grace of thine own heart for me. Thou bad'st me live and learn of him whose love is sympathy. I thank thee that thy wisdom, Lord, my heedless prayer denied, and for my stammering songs of praise, a harp thou hast supplied. I prayed thee for a peaceful path wherever thou mightst lead. I pictured pleasant pasture lands in Goshen's grassy mead. I found me in a battlefield, oft wounded and afraid, that I might learn the art of war and call on thee for aid. Then onward through the wilderness, encamped on barren ground, I sought and found the hidden springs that in thy love abound. And bitter waters mocked my thirst, that I henceforth might see. Thou only art the branch to make life waters sweet to me. And when my need hath cried to thee, my daily bread to give, thou gavest angels food to me, and bade me eat and live. Importunate and blind thou knowest how oft thou wouldst have saved, 
my foolish heart that weeping loathed the very gifts I craved. Choose thou for me, thy gifts are good. Thy way, O Lord, is best. Grant me thy presence on my path. I leave to thee the rest. Still tune my heart to thy dear name, thy mercies sure to tell. To them who dread the wintry wave or weep by Mara's well. When I first read this poem, I wept. And then I read it again and I wept some more. I'm beginning to think that that's the unofficial criteria for a work of literature to be used in these musings. Does it pass the weep test? This poem, though, took it to a whole nother level. Isn't he just so good? Sometimes it's hard to take in how much he cares about everything concerning us. There is nothing too small for him to overlook, and there is no great trial that he doesn't already have a plan to get to the other side of. I'm not one who will even pretend for a moment that I know what I need. It's a rare instance when what I perceive I need in my life is genuinely a matter of necessity and not just a selfish desire. I've learned, though, to lean into his choices for my life the hard way. Living now in a state of complete surrender, I wish so much that I could travel back in time and warn my younger self how much better it is on this side of things. My youthful, stubborn mind had everything worked out as to what my life would look like, and when circumstances didn't align with my plans, I found myself bitter and often blaming God. In almost every formative phase of my life, I had a plan, or at least the dream of a plan. Some of the most comical of these plans were concerning things like what my future husband was meant to be, or my ideal occupation, whether I wanted to be a mother someday, or where I wanted to live. In my dreams, I've been a professional contemporary dancer and choreographer traveling the world, a history professor at Oxford, a star on the Broadway stage. I've been both married and single. I've been a mother and the cool aunt who never had her own kids. I've traveled the globe and I've lived alone in a cottage in the north of Ireland. I've written novels and songs and I've also decided I wanted nothing to do with creativity. You get the idea. What is so interesting is that the tiny silver thread that has woven through every one of these dreams and ideas is at the end of the day, I love Jesus so much and wanted whatever I was doing to make him happy. I just wanted anything that I ended up doing someday to be something that would cause him to be proud of his daughter. Throughout the raging chaos in my upbringing, he was the rock that I ran to, and no matter how bad things got, I never blamed him for the downfalls of people. I always knew deep down that I would never agree to marry someone who wasn't as passionate about him as I am. I believe that that tiny silver thread was the beginning of the harp he was weaving for my life, that though I wasn't conscious of it yet, my life was being built around that thread and molded into an instrument. The truth is, I didn't know what I needed to do or to be, but that tiny cord would snatch me back if I strayed too far from it. 
Sometimes I wish it had a little less give and pulled me back before some of the trouble I got myself into. But that glistening thread was a seed of destiny that would blossom once I made the decision to water it. He truly is so patient with us. He lets us find our way to Him so that we will fully know His goodness, cling to it, and refuse to let go. Though we were set apart before we were ever born, He gives us the choice to take up our birthright when we are ready. Very few pull their cords so taut that they get knocked off their horse like Saul turned Paul. James chapter 1, beginning at verse 16, says, Do not be misled, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good thing and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting, or shadow cast by his turning, for he is perfect and never changes. It was of his own will that he gave us birth as his children by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, a prime example of what he created to be set apart to himself, sanctified, made holy for his divine purposes. And speaking of the one getting knocked off his horse, Romans 8, beginning at verse 26 says, In the same way, the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness. We do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should, but the Spirit Himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. And He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good and those who love God, to those who are called according to His plan and purpose. After going into things a little bit more, I want to reread a couple stanzas from our opening poem. So thou hast tuned the silver strings that once thy tempest rung, and bade responsive echoes wake in gladness to the song. And sinking souls have loved the theme, Lord, I can bless thy hand, which ruled the thunder that awoke the chords at thy command. Thus pain and perils teach the lore that hearts have learned alone, interpreting another's woe by learning from its own. I did not ask thee for a bark off storm-tossed on the sea. I thank thee now the billows brought their Lord and mine to me. I am learning every day here in this earthly existence that there are only two ways to live. His way or mine. The inflictions of my humanity will always keep me handicapped in my efforts to create a good life for myself. It is only when I begin to pray the perfect prayer that Jesus teaches us in Matthew 6 that I start to surrender to his plan. Verses 9 through 10 of Matthew 6 say, 
Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are my dreams irrelevant? Absolutely not. Dreams are the breeding ground for imagination, faith, and hope. If we can dig below the crust of their selfish nature and can reach the gem at their core, we will find that these dreams of ours were actually birthed by divine. The answer is in that silver string and has been there all along. All I have to do now is surrender to the tuning, allow myself to be played by the maestro's almighty fingers, and be his beautiful music. Psalm 71, beginning at verse 19, says, Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the height of the heavens. You have done great things, O God. Who is like you? Who is your equal? You who have shown me many troubles and distresses will revive and renew me again and will bring me up again from the depths of the earth. May you increase my greatness, honor, and turn to comfort me. I will also praise you with the harp, your truth and faithfulness, O my God. To you I will sing praises with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, and my soul which you have redeemed. If you are in a place where you can sense that silver thread of His plan woven into your being, but feel more of the pullback and less of the surrender than you'd like to feel, then why don't we pray this prayer together? Divine Creator, you sent your Son Jesus to earth to show us the way, the way of surrendering our dreams to the dreams of heaven and aligning ourselves with your true purpose for our lives. Meet us in our frailties and give us the courage to let go of our plans and preconceived notions. Show us how to be led by the pull of your perfect guidance and to cease our striving that only leaves us feeling empty and worn thin. We know that your plans for us are good and that you have promised to never leave us or forsake us. So today we choose to give our entire beings as instruments to be used in your hands to make the melodies that will change the world. In Jesus' beloved name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I will leave you with another segment from Anna Shifton, this time from a book we've referenced before, Watchtower in the Wilderness. We are dealing with ordinary events every day. The Father, who knoweth we have need of such things, meets us with a precedent to strengthen our hearts in Him for every possible contingency. We need closer dealing with God Himself. And if those who complain that they are cut off from Christian fellowship and instruction would only give the Lord the position in their heart which He has designed for them in this solitariness, they would behold such evidence of His daily care, His grace and goodness, that their seeking hearts would be knit to Him in yet more tender relationship, instead of seeking Him only at stated times and feeling a sense of shame overclouding the soul at omitting some formal approach to Him. And if He has given us some other means of communion, 
we shall be satisfied that we have had to do with him. Thus, a sweet savor of the presence of the king is perceived by those who delight in himself. I hope this musing has given you a little something to think about, too. Thank you so much for joining me today for Divine Musing. For more information, head over to www.rambocory.com. I would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash destiny makes music or on Instagram and Twitter at Des Rambo Music.